0: What did you eat for breakfast? I didn't. No breakfast? No. That's actually fairly common.
1: I mean okay. it's the day it. I say it's the day after Thanksgiving, like.
0: Oh uh, no, yeah, right. <laughs> I think I had one meal yesterday, that was it. Yeah. You are listening to the music on your own terms podcast. <laughs> Business. Business. into Enzo. Instant. a Encouragement, encouragement, constant, constant improvement, analysis, analysis. constant, digital, musicians, musicians, income, Musician. recommendation, 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 promotion, entrepreneurship, live shows, live shows, music, live shows, touring. touring, streaming, Por-
2: streaming, overcoming, awesome. so over. Then
0: that's This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company, located in Fort Worth, Texas. You may remember I talked to Justin back in episode 5 about the merch industry and his passion for music and working with bands and artists. Do you need help with your merch? Skinny Armadillo specializes in quality apparel decoration, including screen printing, embroidery, design, digital on-demand printing, web stores, fulfillment, and more. Contact Skinny Armadillo now to find out how you can grow your merch sales, discover the current printing technologies, or to get a quote. Call 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. That's 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast by signing up to the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. There you will find show notes to every episode and links to other resources. This is episode 28 of the Music On Your Own Terms podcast and you just heard Scumbag Microwave by Dirty Metal Lefty. I sit down with Dirty Duck on her way through Dallas-Fort Worth for a chat about her music, her inspiration, and also we find out what the skin is on Whiskey Rat. So let's get down to it. Welcome to another episode of the Music On Your Own Terms podcast. I'm Joined today by Dirty Doc, also known as Dirty Metal Lefty. Thank you for taking the time to uh, join me. Oh yeah. And I'm also joined by. Uh, Toby. Nice to meet you. Yeah. That's yeah. My spice. Nice. Um, so you you're on your um, your way. Uh, where, where have you come from? Uh, we were we went
1: down. Actually, let me see. We started in Oklahoma. And then went down to Austin, and uh, mm-hmm. we had a friend of ours had a wedding. Okay. So I played played the wedding. Nice. Was cool. And then uh, we came back up, and then back down again. You know, <laughs> for Thanksgiving, they you know invited us to spend time with the family and shit. So that was cool.
0: Nice. And where are you ending up?
1: Back in Oklahoma once again. Uh, like Lawton area Um, I think he found me a place to play tomorrow. Cool, so it should be pretty cool.
0: Excellent. So, you're, you're based in Richmond, Virginia, yeah. Is that where you grew up?
1: Uh, yeah, that's home. That's home. We've nice. been a bunch of places, but I'll always, always, always claim Richmond.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, and we we met at the uh, the CD Baby Conference this uh, last how long is that three months now? Yeah, August. It's, September, been, it's been a bit,
1: yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah, so I was... I think we were sitting in the uh, the podcast taping. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because I, I muscled in on the conversation with you and a, a guy from Massachusetts. Yeah, because uh, you had a... guitar and shit. Right. Uh, you had an Alice in Chains shirt on. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. Um, but you mentioned then you you'd moved around a lot, and I started hearing some British stuff come out in your accent, and I thought it was kind of interesting how you've kind of, you know, almost assimilated stuff you've heard, so does do you think that's something that, that you assimilate with your music as well? I don't really know, that's a weird question, because
1: I've got some people will hear me saying, and they're like, oh, you, you don't sound like you when you sing, and I'm like, yes i do <laughs> and they're like no you don't but i guess you know you everyone hears something different mm. kind of like how uh i guess when you hear adele sing mm-hmm. you don't really realize right away they're like she's a brit you know oh,
0: her, her singing voice and her speaking voice are two separate things
1: and it's the same yeah. thing with like def leppard you would yeah. swear they were an american band right yeah so, I don't know, I guess everybody just hears something different. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I just think I'm sensitive to that because I'm from England and I've come over here and I'm working on my third accent now. Um, but I've met people who've been in the States for decades and they still have a really thick English accent. And then I've met people who've been like two weeks and they have already changing. So, I, I don't know. It's kind of it's just a weird thing. I'm I'm definitely like here. It's like oh, you're British, and then I go back, and they're like oh, you sound so American. And it's like
1: yeah, eh. I think that's the
0: subtleties. I yeah. suppose as people you know pick up they're... on it. Yeah. So, um, so. How did you get into music in the first place? Oh, Actually, I think we should start by, let's describe your music. I mean, what, what would you describe your music as? Oh
1: man, everyone always hates this question, you yeah, know, know, fear. But it's not really so much a fear of being put in a box, it's just a thing of making sure I accurately uh, describe it. So, hmm. the long or the short, it's a mouthful, blues inspired indie alt rock with jazz and metal undertones.
0: That's very good. I, mean, I would say, I've been listening to it for the last couple of days, and I think um, if you're fans of Alice in Chains with a bit of uh, four non-blondes with, yeah, some, some raw blues, I think you, you, you're pretty much there. Definitely worth a lesson. I will say, I never
1: got a Four Non um description, so I'm, I'm going to add that to
0: the list. Well, it's it's the not the whole thing. It's just like one song, and I forget which one it was, that like, you know, that does have some Four Non Blondes leanings. Not so much the lead singer, Linda Perry, but some of the background vocals. Yeah. There's some melodies in there that I'm like, yeah oh, that kind of sounds like that. So... But yeah, let's go back. I mean, what, wh- how did you get into music in the first place? Where did it all Ay, start? man, like, music is, music is life. It's always, it's like, it's always been there.
1: Like, always, truly. Even down, you know, you know, I was, a wee lass. it's just always been around. Mm-hmm. You're always bopping your head to something or trying to, trying to sing along to something sure. and there's just like never a time when there wasn't music.
0: So do you come from a musical family? I, I oddly no everybody loves music
1: like you know mm. stacks of records for days and tapes and all that stuff but like in radio you know everyone's always the radio's like always on but but yeah my immediate family no one well let me see I guess I gotta back up a minute my grandma does sing in a choir so she's, mm-hmm. she's a right fair singer so you know she did that but she nobody uh, I guess to say nobody did anything professionally mm-hmm. I'll say that okay. like extended relatives I found out like years after the fact that people you know dabble and stuff and mm-hmm. then like my uncle and his friends um, they do like hip-hop and they've gone on and, and done things here and there they're only you know, like indie label like that sure. type of stuff but as far as like really actively doing something long term mm-hmm. all the time nobody was really doing that okay
0: um, and then, what got you into playing guitar?
1: I always love telling the story because uh, I was supposed to be a drummer. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, when I was when I was, I guess about two or three, we had like this little toy music kit, like a little parade kit. It had like a little um, little bass drum and mm-hmm. little hand cymbals and all that. So I would play those, and I would try to take my drumstick and like stack the hand cymbal on it to try to make it like a real kit. But of course, you know, it don't fit and it don't work right. and it falls apart. But uh, a couple of years after that, my mum started dating this dude, um, William Bell, Bill, we call him. Not the actual William Bell who wrote a bunch of really dope shit that I started getting into later, but coincidentally, you know, same name. But anyway, um, he had this beautiful uh, semi hollow Hofner that mm-hmm. he would play. You know, plug it in or anything. He's just, you know, he'd play and just. These crazy, like funk and blues, lyrics, that every time he'd play, I would, my world would just like stop. Mm-hmm. I just like watch, you know, listen, and I, every time he come over, can you play guitar? Can you play guitar? You know, and I don't even really remember when or how they broke up. Mm. I just remember that he stopped coming around, but he left me his guitar. Nice. And that was my first guitar and I've been with it ever since. I only found out earlier this year that he actually passed away some years mm. ago because it turned out that a, a girl who ended up being my co-worker about 10 years ago, maybe more now, but anyway, turns out that that was his niece. Ah. And uh, I was talking to her on Facebook and I saw another dude's name who matches his son's and I was like... And what if that's the same person? And so I messaged and found out it was, and then Mm. found out years later, because i have been, like, looking for him, you know, like, say, hey, look, I I got a career Mm. because, like, you gave me this guitar and I never put it down. And so, like, this is what I'm doing now. And I wanted to go, you know, tell him and always give him a shout-out in, like, the liner notes and shit. But, but, yeah, I found out he passed away, I guess, about two years ago. Mm. So I was kind of sad about that, actually. Are you
0: continuing the legacy of the guitar, at least?
1: Oh, yeah, I still got it. Like, I still... uh, the, The electronics... I busted it. They've been busted for fucking like 30, 30 some odd years. Electronics that never work um, ever since I had it, anyways. But, um, but being like, like I say, it's semi hollow. So when you play mm-hmm. it, you can still hear it. Exactly.
0: Sounds cool. Oh, cool. Um, are you are you making a living as a musician 100%? Or are you.
1: Alright, so I got a bunch of different little things because everybody knows that unless you top tier, um, you won't necessarily make that's such a strange not a strange question but everyone's lifestyle is different
0: absolutely I
1: guess I'll say that Um, (laughs) I'm doing music full time Mm -hmm. I do other stuff part time I'm a vet so I'm I'm still actually serving so anytime (sighs) I go out on missions I go out on duty like I still find an excuse to find somewhere to play while I'm out (laughs) doing my duty for the country and all that Um, but but I guess yeah music is is full time and we're making it happen and you know, my spices, Toby's really, really, really fucking supportive and you know of me making the decision to go full time. I think the That's universe great. made me do it at the time when I did it. But mm. he's been really supportive of it. So the long or the short is the the bills get paid and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, we don't get too much into But it's
0: you know, some it's something that you can't not do, essentially. if, yeah. if you couldn't do it then you'd be i I
1: would have no reason to live i don't mean like to say like if i couldn't do music i would go call it quits that's not what i'm saying but it's
0: just but it's it's the reason that you you know it's it's the thing that drives your everything yeah yeah for sure um yeah so um going back to the cd baby conference i mean um, what prompted you to go to the conference in the first place?
1: Oh, that was my second time going. Okay. Um, I went to the the, the one Nashville. last year. Yeah, it was in, it was in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun doing that. But um, I, I intended to try to get to the ones prior to that, but it just it never happened. Between because uh-huh. back then you know I still had my day job. I was you know the corporate corporate pharmaceutical pharmacy life. Um, that I was like stuck in my soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. You couldn't even get off work to go do right. certain things. But um. But yeah, I uh, always just see the ads, like we have this music conference and then just finally I got able to, to to go and then we had such a great time in Nashville, it's like, it's going to have to be a regular thing. I make so many fucking friends, dude, like, yeah. and contacts and just everybody was there for basically the same, of not the exact same purpose, the same general purpose, right. you know. So that was really cool to have so many people be on the same page and so be respectful and it mm. wasn't like a competitive environment no it was extremely
0: know. supportive and everyone was really cool yeah um, but I mean I, I I said this before to a couple of other people and like I, I think the uh, the one thing I took out of it was that the musicianship there was ridiculous oh my god and and I I got I kind of gone to that oh I'm I, you know I gotta force myself to say I'm good enough to play live and I can't get out I've got to get over that kind of imposter syndrome and you know I don't need to keep practicing as much as I do, and then I go there. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. I mean, it will
1: make you humble. Oh man, that's for damn sure. It will make you really humble, bring you down a peg, but not in that negative sense. No, it's just it's that like
0: oh, it just pushes you. you. Want
1: it, yeah, it just pushes you to keep to keep being, keep improving, to keep mm. to keep growing. I guess I should say more than anything to keep growing.
0: Absolutely. So what did what did you end up learning um, while you were there? What, oh, were man. The, what the what were the key points you got out of it
1: this did, I guess number one I'm on the right track mm. not that I didn't already kind of feel like I was but it was almost like validation mm. that I'm on the right track you know and that particular um session all the sessions there was, there was a lot of talk about self-care
0: mm-hmm. which
1: you know that's like a huge like, buzzword now but it's something that should always been important like oh, yeah. from jump you yeah, know I mean, so, that,
0: that's what my uh, half of what my podcast is about is you know, depression, anxiety, but having the the mindset and the tools to be able to get over that and, and you know, at least help. help well, I
1: mean, I'm not stuff. saying ever say really get over it because no. everyone's circumstance is different. Sure. But it's just more so, I guess, to help you navigate your mm-hmm. life while still handling, you know, yeah. those Yeah, because, I mean,
0: you know, a lot of people, it can be extremely lonely on the road. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you don't have... some. A lot of people don't have this team behind them and, you know... Oh, yeah, when like you DIY, DIY, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you're usually driving yourself to your gigs and mm-hmm. you have to, you know, make sure you're eating proper and get enough, get enough rest. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, you don't spend eight hours on the road, you're pretty much burnt out for the day, and then you got to go and give your best performance. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot.
0: It is, and it's so per- so such a personal thing. Yeah. You know, you're putting your yourself out there as well. So, you know, not having anyone pay attention to that and, like, give you the feedback is is kind of like, ah, crap. Because I don't want to keep everyone keep saying,
1: yo, that was really dope. I mean, if it was dope and it was genuinely dope, hey, I'm going to take it. But don't just like that lip
0: service of, oh, yeah, it
1: was dope. Cool. And then like you never hear from anybody again. Right. You know.
0: Um, so one thing I, I notice you do on online a lot is advertise for the open mics you set up. Yeah. So do you wanna you wanna talk a bit about that? Yeah, supporting yeah, the yeah. it sounds like you're supporting the community quite a lot but doing that kind of thing. So Yeah, well I guess um one thing
1: that my, one of my tags anyway is hashtag support your local. Mhm. I'm I'm really big on local shit because uh, I I know it happens in other communities too, but it's really easy to brush off somebody, oh, okay, cool, that's really cute. You're doing a, this, you know, you're playing a show, awesome, great. And also that people take for granted, oh well, you know, I know you, so I'll see you all the time. So you know, whatever, I'll whatever, you'll always be there. But then, you know, well I don't got enough money this week to come do this, but yeah, you know, you get some big name person
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you'll spend like hundred and twenty bucks on tickets and merch. Yeah. But you won't even come to my show for like five bucks or help come to my, my free show you know yeah. so and then that type of thing and um i know sometimes life happens with with your fans and you fan you don't want your friends to come to every single show because then they get burnt mm. out by you but there's still i think subconsciously oh well uh, you haven't really made it made it so, like, this is some, like, it's not valid, like, what you're doing, like, oh, yeah, it's cute that you're doing it, but we don't really take it seriously enough because, when are you know, a
0: get a, new, a real job. Exactly. Right? So
1: subconsciously, even if they don't really feel that way, it's mm. a subconscious thing that's, like, implanted, I think, with anybody who does, you know, creativity, anything that's creative, whether you're a musician or, like, a painter or writer or, what mm-hmm. you know, whatever your creative outlet is that you are making your living or trying to make your living doing sure. you know them always take it you know take it for granted so i'm a big proponent of open mics also for that reason um because i had a friend of mine i went to a show at his house he threw mm-hmm. his huge party and it was really really dope festival type of thing at his, on his house and i met um my home girl becky becky wright shout out beautiful amazing singer who can oh my gosh she's like a janice dropping like a like it's crazy Mm. player in a movie you know <laughs> but anyway um she would host these open mics and she would always invite me out so finally um this is like after i officially made the decision to be dirty male lefty like as i made the decision like i'm gonna do this finally this mm-hmm. is and then um i finally would go out and i maybe have like a couple songs that were ready and i'll play just get me used to playing in front of a crowd again by myself Mm. I've been in bands and that type of thing but there is a bit of vulnerability when you're just playing just you and the guitar ton (laughs) and you're playing original music you're Mm. not playing like covers and shit so so that was that's kind of really how I got that started with trying out new stuff and and kind of seeing how people would be receptive to my original material and um it just kind of snowballed mm. from there to where next thing I know I'm like people asking me to host open mics at different places so now I've got like a regular steady spot in Richmond if anyone's in the Richmond area shameless plug uh another round bar and grill Brook road we have weekly open nights open mics every Wednesday I host the first and second Wednesdays of the month first Wednesday is a builder band open mic I'll mm-hmm. tell you about that later that's a new concept we got going um it's been pretty successful. Cool. But the, like I said, the long of the short is uh, giving other people an opportunity to come up and try their stuff in front of people or to get used to playing in front of people mm. and, you know, just having a good time in a non-judgmental atmosphere. Like, if you suck, like, if you really suck, um, I'm not going to, you know, tell you in front of everybody yo, like, you suck, you know, but I will pull you aside and say, hey, I, you know, this I see if this is where you're going. I see where you're going. Here's something to think about. Right. You know, like that, that constructive criticism, that to, to encourage people to keep going. Because I'm never gonna tell anybody, know, Yo, you start start playing. Like, right. No, I'm never gonna do that. Because that's, you know, that's just not cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's like you said before. I mean, the lip service—the lip service doesn't really help anyone. If no. if you're saying you're great, and they're actually, you know, there's a few things to work on then tell them yeah you know and you gotta you gotta take that as a as a an artist even though it's so subjective music itself you know there's definitely things that you know are not not just like an artistic statement it's truly you need to work on this thing
1: well not just that but like your skill because you could have like incredible prowess of Mm. doing whatever your instrument is but you know you just might suck playing in front of people Right, and that's okay. That's still something that you know you got to work on. And open mic is a great way to work on that. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: for sure. So, um, did you want to talk about the uh, the band the band? Build a band, yeah. The band? So that's not build a Bear. Build no, a band. Build a
1: band, yeah. <laughs> um, so what we do with the build a band is I'll have like six buckets, you know, guitar, singer, bass, drummer, you know, whatever. And you come in, you put your name on a sh- sheet of paper and drop them in each, you know, whatever corresponding bucket. And you can do more than once. Sure. You know, more instruments or whatever. And then I'll randomly pick names out of each bucket. I'll give you a few minutes. Usually I'll play while people are doing the thing. I'll give you a few minutes to figure out what you're going to do. And you can get up and you play playing for everybody. So uh-huh. the cool part about it is that you end up playing with people... You never met, or mm. people you had never played with, and folks who are like in different genres. So one of our fun fun things we did, um, we had this like death metal drummer, and then I played bass in in the band. And then we had a chick who does she's singer songwriter, but she's more leaning toward like soul and pop. Mm-hmm. And then you know you got like this jazz guitarist, and then this kid who's playing keyboard. So wow. you know, all this mix, you know, a ama- you know it's this crazy amalgamation of, of you know musical stylings. And then you just get together and you pull it off.
0: Wow! And do they have any time to like write anything, or are they just basically jam it's, it's on a, stage? It's more of a it's
1: more of a jam unless you do you know come up with something like, hey, does everyone know this song? Okay, cool. Mm. You know, like it's when you mentioned Four Non Blondes. Another girlfriend of mine came up and she sang, um, "Call Me." Mm-hmm. you know and the rest of the band play with it and they had never knew each other or played together or anything like that so they just okay these are the, these are the chords for this song these are the changes okay bet and then they just oh. just do it <laughs> so it can be a cluster oh, sure. but like in the best sort of way yeah
0: <laughs> has anyone um you know, has anyone actually gone on to like build an actual band from that because of the chemistry or not just
1: yet? Because this one that we're doing uh, this upcoming Wednesday, this would be like the third or fourth one okay. that we've done, so it's still they're still pretty new.
0: That's cool. Now, that that's a really uh, neat idea. Do you film anything? Like any, um, anyone?
1: when I can, like people who come, um, you know, they'll put the phones out, so you just have to like scatter it around whoever yeah. posts, and sometimes if I remember. Because I'm running the open mic, so mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, the banter in between everything and then me playing solo while the bands get themselves together and that sort of thing. So I don't really always, I'm not always in a place to pull my phone in and sure. just record the whole time because I'm, I'm I'm literally, like, hosting and running the
0: event. Oh, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, it just sounds like that could be a really cool documentary. Oh, yeah. I think,
1: yeah, we get some more folks coming in. And the bigger it gets, um, you know, we get somebody. Because right now, I'm be honest, you know, can't afford to pay anybody to come film it. So <laughs> if anybody, you know show up and just want to do it, just have the goodness of their heart, or you know, if someone needs something for their
0: portfolio, right? By all means, yeah. Maybe you know. there's some, maybe there's some, uh, you know, art students in uh, yeah. in the area that let, do film and want to get some, you know, practice in, in yeah. that kind of environment. So that's great. Um, so what would you say a significant negative experience you've you have had had that you've had to overcome and what what did you learn from it
2: oh
1: okay I'll tell you this actually guess coincides with the weirdest gig I've ever played to date Um, I got invited to play at an Applebee's Mm -hmm. just you know entertainment for the evening had a two-hour slot and I pulled out originals and you know a couple covers here and there but I got no response there were no yays they were no booze. Fuck you. There was just like there was nothing. Like like
0: you weren't even there.
1: Like I wasn't even there. I set up my merch for like no reason. And mm. like people look at it like, oh, okay, cool. And it's just walk, you know.
0: There's always a reason to set up your merch.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because because if you don't <laughs> set it up, then you can't sell anything.
1: No, yeah, yeah, and I didn't sell anything. But um, the humbling experience of it is because I began to realize. Just because no you don't get a response, negative or positive, it doesn't mean that people aren't listening. Mm. And you have to remember that. Like anytime you're playing, you know it's okay if you don't get a response. Somebody might be in the corner filming you with the phone or whatever, or, you know, somebody might walk by your merch and say, Okay, go and they, you know, pick up a card or something, take it with them when you're not looking. Right. You just never know who's gonna be in your audience. But then also I guess the lesson is to not worry about validation in that sense. Mm. You just play and to play but also knowing the fact that that particular instance my job wasn't to put on an official concert. Right. I was in an unusual setting that normally don't have mm. live entertainment. So number one, people aren't used to it. Number two, where I was at, you know, there wasn't really Common, I wasn't playing anything anybody knew, sure. really, like really new, new. Right. Well, covers were like obscure covers. But, you know, I don't know, it's just it's just such a strange sort of thing. But, like I said, like, the biggest takeaway is you never know who's listening. So still play, you know, like, like your favorite artist is in the corner and mm. you're trying to like interview for a job, you know. <laughs> you're not always gonna get a response. And that's okay, I guess.
0: So what's the weirdest thing that's happened at a gig? Like, well, any, other than that, any spinal that, tap moments? Or... Oh, yeah. So <laughs>
1: I, was, um, I was at a show, this was, I guess, a couple of months ago. Um, and I've been having a little bit of trouble with, like, equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you get, like, pressure changes, you know, barometric pressure changes kind of fucks with you a little bit. And I was having one of those moments where I stumbled a couple of times at the venue prior to playing, mm. and just initially I chalked it up to like Blood Sugar, but come to find out it really was Equilibrium. So
2: mm.
1: I was playing the song Forecast, this is with the whole band, so it wasn't just me solo, we had the whole band with us, and um, I had backed up a little bit to let my lead guitarist do his solo, because you know, the courtesy, you know, tensions on him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But as I backed up, I stumbled, and fell over, and my amp fell over, and I nearly hit the drums. But I never stopped playing. Mm. Like, I got back, to me, as it was happening, it was very slow motion, like the fall took forever. Sure. But I went back and watched the video, and I was like, oh, shit. I literally never missed a beat. I kept playing, and I got back up, and then right back up on the mic. And the ironic part about it was um, his lyrics, one of the lyrics in the song, the beginning and the end, I get down, I get up. So wow. really, when I got back, I was right at that point in the song to sing that, and you know we kind of so people kind
0: of kind of thought it was part of the act. But you <laughs> didn't know, have a roadie the- trying to lift you up again.
1: No, 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 no. Um, no, Spinal we just. Spinal Tap reference. Yeah, but <laughs> it was just really fun. It's like I said, going back and watching it, it was just really quick, and it didn't seem like it was. It wasn't as long as it felt when you followed. Oh,
0: you've got to make that a lyric video. <laughs> like have that, and then have the lyrics come.
1: Up.
0: That would be awesome. It'd
1: be pretty funny. I Kind of was esoteric jokes because like the song isn't like really known, known no, sure. except the like the the niche fans. Right, right. Well. Um,
0: I mean, going. What would you say a a major positive experience you've had, and you know what did you learn from that? The the what what. You know, what, what's given you the most encouragement to, to pursue music as a thing? To keep
1: going? Yeah. All right, so actually I got that earlier this year, Rock Camp. Um, okay. So this, and I'll say this year's because they got several Rock Camps they do throughout the year, but um, the Rock Camp in May featured uh, STP and Allison Chains. So it was like a whole, you know, quote-unquote grunge thing. So Jerry Cantrell, Mike Anna, so Allison Chains, and the DeLeo brothers from our mm. STP. Now, my mentor for that experience, Tony Black, and he uh, played with Scott Weiland, Wild and Wildabouts for a bit and, you know, some STP shit. So it was really cool hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to, and I totally did too, make sure we were like the best band. I know it wasn't a competitive atmosphere, but we just really wanted to like put everything forward. Sure. And it really did, by the end of it all, it sounded like we'd all been playing together for like years, mm. that was how tight it was. But, um, I finally got to jam with Allison Chains, basically, with Jay Control. Everybody who knows me knows I love that man to the end of the world and back. Mm. Shit, man, we got the same fucking birthday and everything, it's like, wow. it's fucking legit. Um, so, playing with them, um, him, he and, him and, uh, and and Mike, him with, with the band, and uh, killing it, I guess, is really, that's a funny thing to say when you tell yourself that you're killing it, but it was like, a really positive experience, you know, high fives and hugs all around, and um, I don't know. It was kind of like after that, you might have, but nobody, nobody can nobody tell me shit. Like a fucking jam with us like I, I, I was able to hang, mm. like on their level, you know, singing and with the band and everything. And we just and going back and watching that video, and it was just like. A couple of times, when even they looked over at our guitar players like, "Oh shit!" Like, and then our drummer did some cool, you know, stick tricks, and like the whole thing was like, "Damn, these these motherfuckers are really good," you know. That's awesome. And it was that, it was that. And after that, I might tell me shit. Like, I fucking jam with my idols, and mm-hmm. I'm want to say idols, but like, I guess I say my influencers because I don't want to put too much pedestal because we're all still human. Oh, and it's sure. something we got to remember. Even you know, rock stars, they're still regular ass people, and oh, you kind of yeah. have to. And you know.
0: So was, that's, you know what, that, that's one thing that I'm struggling with with the podcast is, is because I grew up, you know, I'm getting pretty old now. Yeah. So I grew up with CDs and cassette tapes and yeah. stuff. And all I had was the music and pictures in a magazine. Uh, yeah. And I didn't have, like, now, you know, social media means you can, if if they're willing, you can connect with anyone you want. And reaching out to people saying, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? It's so weird when someone who's really well known says, "Sure," yeah, what's that? and it's yeah. like, "Holy shit!" I'm really nervous now. How do I do this? You know, and it's just such a weird dichotomy. Um, whereas somebody who's who's really young, grew up with social media, it's, it's a normal thing. It's yeah. a normal thing. But no, so I'm weird. I'm
1: with you on that because yeah. you know I'll tell people like when we were all when actually sitting and having a conversation when talking with them you know mm. outside because i'd met them a bunch of times over the years of like meet and greets and mm-hmm. you know waiting backstage after the two were trying to like get in the sign, that type of thing but it wasn't really substantial in the way that you could sit down and have a proper conversation because you know they're on a they're on a schedule they just played you know this crazy set and so now they're pretty tired, ready right. to have a sandwich and go to bed, you know, mm-hmm. move on to the next town. So it's always in a hurry. Then you got to worry with all the crazy people who might become the stock and all that bullshit. So you don't really get to sit down and just like in a, in a non-concert setting to be like, yo, what's up? Like, you know, right. let's talk about this or, you know, that sort of thing. So that was a really brilliant thing. And I'm not going to lie, man, I was fangirling like a motherfucker. <laughs> but the outside was like, yo, what's up? And the inside was like, you know, right. I'm not gonna lie. How that's how I it felt. I that, that's how I felt. But they that's, were really, so cool. really cool about everything.
0: That's so, that's awesome. Peace to them. Fuck yeah. So the so I I, I checked out online the uh, the video you did at a, at a rock and roll fancy camp that was born under a bad sign. You were playing with Tony Franklin. Yeah. Um. So was that recent or was that older? no? That was uh, that's
1: older. That was uh, like 2015. Okay. Yeah, 2015. And that was my first. That was my first rock camp. Mm. And that was that was a. I'm gonna tell you if you ever get a chance to do rock camp, you should. Like even like if you're not like a real. I'm not gonna say real musician. Like if you're not, you uh, know, I'm gonna say accomplished either. If, even if you are know, you like a beginner, I'll say that. Like it's your your first time really picking up an instrument, you should still do it. Because right. they they set you in groups based off of um your ability. Mm-hmm. And they have a knack for picking like, for me anyways, picking the best groups. Because being with with Tony was a blessing
2: mm.
1: because he's a fucking music genius. People don't know if they really take that, take that for granted. Not just his playing, but also the fact that he can chart like a motherfucker and his mm. theory is like through the roof, you know. Right. It's really incredible what, what, he, what he does. But um, he's also very zen and very patient. And you know, take your time with it and make sure that you got something. He's not gonna mm-hmm. just like throw you out and you know. Oh, it's cool. Um, I'm sensitive to light anyway. So, yeah. um, <laughs> light just went out for people who can't really see what just happened. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and that really, that was really, it was really good for me. Really, really good for me. And then at that moment too, being around all the, you know, different rock icons and whatnot, and the non-concert setting where you're just hanging out, shooting the shit, talking about life or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you just again, you remember they're they're real people, mm. they're, they're regular people. But playing with, like I said, playing with Tony was, was was really really great. And you know, I talked to him a bunch of times, like after, and even set him because that that is November 2015. My first record, Never on Sundays, came out October 2015. Okay. So of course, I had a bunch of copies with me. You know. Right. But um, I gave him a copy. And, he, like, it took him a little while because, you know, he's busy. But he got back with me with, like, a thorough um, critique of that whole record. Wow. Like, really thorough. That's awesome. And it's like, this is where I think you could have improved here. This is blah, blah, blah. You know, he just... And, you know, you couldn't be mad at it, you mm. know. It's just like, if anything, that made my um, a songwriting a lot a lot stronger from that point sure. so it's like when I by the time I got got back with him again and gave him the second record and I was like I took some notes so you know I did this this and this for this one so go ahead and check this out you know so right. I'm still waiting to hear back about that Oh, that's great but yeah but he's um he's he's really he's a really good
0: dude Like right?
1: I'm blessed to have that's so fantastic I can call him a friend for sure
0: yeah I mean that's that's a great thing to have a mentor of that that caliber yeah that guy's a monster player Fretless Monster. Oh, that's you know. That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's that's great. So what are what are your plans? Uh, you know, going forward. You've just. You said it was this year. You, you released the uh, the latest one, or is it?
1: No. Um, so I guess to give a timeline: uh, twenty fifteen, never on Sundays. Uh, twenty eighteen, officially was I uh, see what it happened was. Right. And okay. then I put out a single. Um, FLBD, is basically, it's a sound garden cover, Fell on mm-hmm. Black Days. Um, and then that was the most recent thing in May of uh, 2018. I did, in 2017, I have a bootleg. Mm-hmm. that's only available on Bandcamp, Desert Phantom. During, I got deployed, so um, everything for that was recorded in the desert. I'd written some songs and then did some covers and did some other stuff hey. that I always put out. Um, that's just volume one I never f- put out the complete sessions yet because it's a whole like hours not a whole cool hour but like you know hours worth of material that I still right. have to go sort through um, ah. yeah for that so you know I, I wanted to like that would be dope to drop a record while I was deployed and, like mm. not tell anybody about it so nice. yeah, that was
0: cool. so do you have uh, any you know, plans to do a new album soon? Or are you just basically touring around and um, playing okay. shows? Or? Both,
1: both. Okay. So you still gotta like, you know, get your name out there mm-hmm. and continue cycles of of playing shows where you can, because I'll get to that, why well, I wanna do like that in a minute. But I'm always in a perpetual state of writing. So I guess I'll say it now, um, the next record is called Brother Crow. I don't have a date yet for it, obviously, because I'm still in a perpetual state of writing, but. I've got about five demos already done, so okay. that's a good start. Hooray! Yeah. Um, and I've been testing out some of those songs when I play live, um, which is so far I've gotten pretty good reception. I'm happy about that. That's
0: great. Do you do you tend to um, play your uh, songs a lot before you fi- f- like finalize them? Is that your process to kind of write, prove it out, and then see where you can change it while you're playing it sometimes not for everything it's just sort of circumstantial
1: of like what i'm feeling Mm -hmm. at that moment you know just kind of sure want to see how things feel um in a live setting sometimes but what you hear doesn't always end up being the final product Mm. sometimes you know you will go through shifts and changes like never on sundays the way it is now on the record that was not Intended like at all was what was supposed to happen was um, I wanted to initially just do an acoustic thing just to kind of put myself out there mm-hmm. and and then that would be like the pre pre game that the the appetizer to an electric record okay. you know afterwards but during the process of recording. I don't know, it was like the songs just took on a, a mind of their own. They really became sentient and, and then became, you know, what was on the record. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Okay. Um, so uh, where where can people find out about you, where you're going to be playing, your music? Uh, first, start dot lefty.com slash music. That's where all the music
1: is there. Um, then you've still got links to shows, um, you know, band camp i got a couple of things on uh soundcloud i've been pretty lazy about using soundcloud but i got some like rough draft shit they i, mean, the time I mm-hmm. do a rough draft or something you'll probably hear it on soundcloud first
2: okay
1: um but you know facebook instagram i'm on twitter although i mostly talk about football like american football I'm on twitter um i don't know i have a hard time keeping up with all the socials mm. you know it's it's just so much out there and i can't yeah, I've... I don't have a team to do that shit.
0: <laughs> right, I've kind of given up on Twitter. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not that f- big fan of that.
1: No, um, I don't. I never, don't, I never really got a lot of response from the music there. If I'm mm. talking about someone else's music, or like I said, talking about football, I'll get more likes and the occasional retweet from that. True. Sure. Like Chris Cornell retweeted me once, and after that, I had like, I don't know, maybe like, I guess a, a jump in followers, mm. and then like that was it.
0: Right. Just <laughs>
1: flatlined. Just, yeah, it had nothing to do with me. I was right. just commenting on, you know, a show that, that I just saw him do, and he retweeted it back, and then that was that. And then I don't know. After that, everything sort of plateaued. So it's mm-hmm. like unless you, I guess, the link to somebody else. This, this is my Twitter experience. Unless you kind of link to somebody else, I, I, I don't really get much out of it. But I will still keep a presence there because mm-hmm. you know, hashtag intellectual property.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, what what is your strategy um, in terms of releasing music? Are you still on the kind of album format, or are you, I you, you am. following the kind of have to be in front of people's faces every five minutes because people have a launch No, short I'm more span.
1: of an. Um, I am more of an album person. I've been exploring the possibility of doing singles, but for me, it's just not conducive, I guess, to my process. And I maybe think that's like a generational thing. Yeah, because. For me, I go get an album, and I'll literally like block. Even I still do it now. Block out time, uninterrupted time that I will listen to the entire mm. record, and I'll read the line notes like as I'm listening, and you know, and I'll do it several times just right. to, to really appreciate what's happening, you know. Um, because I still do a lot of stuff by myself. I got folks who do help me with things, so it's not like one alone completely. But you know, sure. um, I'm not. I don't feel that. I'm in a place that I can readily keep putting out something every couple of months. Mm. I know it'll be good to like keep people, be in people's faces if I can't physically get to them but it's just it's, it's unnatural for me I suppose right. that, that's something that takes me out of my comfort zone that I'm trying to like improve on. I'd rather be physically in your face and you actually feel the music like when you're listening you can't hit skip or you you can't fast forward you have to be in that moment at that moment and that's important to me because even though all my follow numbers and my play numbers are really small the folks who are like my niche group of fans they are genuinely interested they're the ones who you know will you know reshare something or and i'll get on a consistent basis, I'll post something or whatever, and they're, they're there on the consistent basis. And slowly, that number is becoming a bit bit larger, but it's a, it's a snail's pace. And I'm okay with the snail's pace, like, as a whole, because it's genuine, you know.
0: Yeah, you're building like, quality, not quantity.
1: Yeah, so the fact that, you know, you asked me to come do a podcast, to me that was that was really genuine that's like mm. hey you know what i really appreciate what you're doing it's not just hey i need somebody for this and Thank you know you. it's yeah it's, it's not a token thing it's just it was really yeah. genuine yeah
0: no, i mean i it goes back to the conference i mean i made some really good i didn't make a ton of connections you know relative to the size of the audience that were there but yeah. you know i think the the one the people that i met you know i really had some quality conversations with and you know i'm i'm slowly working through everyone you know, to, to get their story because I really love everyone's story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a it was a great uh, environment to kind of boost everyone up.
1: Yeah, for so. sure. And, and I guess with that, one lesson I would definitely say that's also, again, helped me with my writing is it's not about me. Mm. You know, we always think about, oh, how many numbers and your metrics and all that stuff. It's not about me. It is about the listener. Like the the reason I write is about me. Right. But if I'm gonna make the conscious decision to share it, it can't be me, 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 me. Because you know, even my favorite songs, you know, I gravitate because it was something that I could relate to at at that moment. Absolutely. You know, so I think I have to keep that in mind. Not in the sense of writing for an audience per se, but just being able to reach an audience through the writing. Right. You know.
0: Cool. Um, So, to finish up, um, I'd like to play a a song from the artist they interview. Um, what song would you like to play?
1: Oh, I guess since we talked about forecasts, for those who didn't, you know, hadn't already heard it, um, I would say play Forecast, Forecast. and then you, you, you'll catch the, uh, the I Get Down and I Get Up, awesome. you know, from me falling over. Cool.
0: <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I might play two, because oh, I'm actually yeah. kind of partial to uh, to Scumbag Microwave. I think, oh, yeah. I, might, <laughs> I think that's my favorite song off that album, but I'll play, I might just play both.
1: Okay. Just because. So. Damn, you know, if I, if I thought about that, because I didn't bring all of my merch stuff, because I knew this was going to be like a limited run, this particular mm. run down to Texas. But um, I have a pen, like a, a button I have to remember to send it to you. It's about the size of this button here. It's like a yeah. one by one but it's got my, um, I hate you come by microwave, and it's got me, like, I guess, because in, inside the, the artwork, there's a, a, a sketch of me holding onto a bowl, and I'm looking rather frazzled with the microwave, that's looking very menacing, it's like beep, 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 you know. And it's just, you know, just scared for my life. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> that
0: fucking Actually, before, song. We, before we end, let's describe what you're holding.
1: Okay, so this is Whiskey Rat. Um, he has his own Instagram and Facebook page, so please follow him, um, he talks a bunch of shit, and I guess I'll give you this, the, the quick rundown on how we became friends, Fantasy Camp, you know, mm-hmm. rock on Fantasy Camp, um, we had a show at Lucky Strike, mm-hmm. and while I was waiting to go up, he was sitting b- b- backstage, I thought was really curious, like, who left the rat backstage, like, you know, the fuck, and I was going to take him, but I started thinking, oh, somebody's gonna miss him, so let me just like not do that. So after the gig, I'm back at the hotel bar. Bartender was nice enough to stay open because all of us were there, and you know he's getting ready to close, but he still stayed open for us. And next thing I know, he comes flying over my shoulder and sat right at the. You know, I was like, the fuck? like, <laughs> I didn't take you, but I guess okay. And so somebody else took him. Mm. Another buddy of mine who was who's part of the rock camp, and I was like. Yeah, you with the rat. He was like, "Yeah, I with the rat." You know, he was already, you know, a bit tipsy as it was, uh, but actually a bit inebriated to say the least. <laughs> um, and the fact that the bartender stayed open for us probably didn't help the situation. So of course mm. he drank more. It was time to close, and I was telling old boy, I was like, hey, look, this dude, he's got clothes. Like, we got to leave it alone." But he just kept kind of kept, you know, going with it. So eventually bartender called hotel security about it and so while all boys having it out with hotel security snatch snatch the rat real easy i didn't say bar good night or anything and back up to the room the next day we had the show at the whiskey which is why i named him whiskey rat um you know had him backstage with me and so now everywhere i go there's like especially music related whiskey rat you know, comes with me. He has a backstory now, I'll tell you that another day. Um and it's just been like a it's been a thing. So, you know, his own personality. He's he's always he's always around. He sits on stage when I play and I've never seen a rat, you know, like him. Mm. I haven't seen one before, I haven't seen one since. So, you know, to me he's a true original hashtag Fat Rat Foodie. So um we're doing like food reviews and Trying to make like a food blog on his behalf um, because we, we travel and we be sure. different places, different meals and all that. So, yeah. Okay. Whiskey Rat.
0: Well, there we go. So, from uh, Dirty Dark, Whiskey Rat, Toby, and myself, thanks for listening. Yeah. Cheers. Later. Support your local. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to visit the website and join the mailing list so you can keep up to date on everything going on with the podcast. As always, keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Dirty Metal Lefty with Forecast.